Leadership is taking people on a journey where there is a vision, guidance and purpose. Good leaders lead with the heart as well as the head. Leadership means doing the right thing for the right reason, no matter how difficult it might be. You're listening to Leadership Unwrapped, a podcast where you will hear from people who are living leadership every day. It's great to introduce you to Kieran Golden today. Kieran is principal of Mayfield Community School in Cork. He's a former president of the NAPD, which is the National Association for Principals and Deputy Principals in Ireland. And he's an all-round advocate for leadership and for student success and for student inclusion. It was really great to get to meet and spend time with and to chat to such an accomplished school leader. This was really special because we actually got to join Kieran at Mayfield Community School, which we haven't had the chance to do yet when we've been talking to, to school leaders or any of the guests that we have had on our podcast. And it was so nice to just see, just experience the culture and the lived work life of the students, yeah. the teachers and Kieran and all of the rest of the staff within the school. And there was such a sense of community that really was evident. So it was so nice to get to do that. And then we have so much shared interests as well that became evident the more that we were talking about issues such as sustainable leadership and the, the different um, practices that we can do to ensure that we're aiding the sustainability of ourselves and those around us and also some of the wider challenges at a system level as well. Yeah, it became clear as we were chatting that we're coming at some of the issues around leadership from two different perspectives, but coming to the same conclusions, which was really great. And I don't always get to spend time in schools as much as I used to. So it was such a treat to be in a school and to be as welcomed in Mayfield Community School. It was just so super. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Whether you're in education or not, I think there's a lot to take away from this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Totally. So hello, listeners. I'm absolutely delighted and over the moon today to tell you that I'm in Mayfield Community School and it's I'm thrilled to be in a school. I just had my tea in the staff room and had a chat and I don't always get to be in a staff room as much as I used to be. So it was a thrill to come down to Cork. It's not quite Kerry, but it's close enough. So it was a thrill to come down to you today and to meet with Kieran Golden, who is the principal of Mayfield Community School, but he's also a past president of NAPD. He's an active member still of NAPD and is very active at regional level. And every time I meet Kieran at the different consultations and association meetings that we would meet at, I always come away having had a really good chat about leadership and about sustainability because Kieran's passion about sustainability of the role um, his belief in the well-being of his staff and of school leaders is really contagious. And I think everybody feels that from him when they meet him. So in this way, I'm introducing you to Kieran Golden, who's invited us to his school. And I uh, hope you really enjoy our conversation. So, Kieran, thank you for thank inviting you. us and thank you for saying yes. We're delighted you're here. Absolutely delighted that um, both, of you, both of you are here as well. You're very, very welcome to our school. And I'm delighted that the interview is taking place in Mayfield Community School yeah. because this is where the rubber hits the ground. This is where yeah. it happens. Yeah. This is where this is where the teaching and learning takes place. This is where you've leadership in action right yeah. throughout the school. And um, we're just I'm just really happy that we're talking to each other. Uh, in our school yeah. and I really appreciate you coming down to us and calling yeah. out to us No thank you for inviting us because I think already before we've even started this conversation you have more of a feeling of kind of yeah this is what 
it's all about it's not a detached conversation at all you know we're seeing exactly what it is that you're living here in the school mm. and what you're helping to build and create so it's I'd love to do more of this it's yeah. fabulous to be down here yeah Thank you. yeah me too and as somebody who was like a lost podcaster in the car park can I compliment <laughs> your students who rescued me and got me to find you it was a really nice welcome even from the kids coming in the door just want to compliment you on that it was cool yeah and that's really nice of you to say that because those kind of things matter I I do believe we're a very welcoming school. We're, we're a community school. And a, a community school has a certain flavour, has a certain ethos. Uh, apart from being a school of a community, part of our ethos and what we stand for and part of our core values is that it's inclusive. We welcome people of all abilities. Uh, we welcome everybody who applies for our school is very welcome to come to our school. Um, we we provide a broad, comprehensive curriculum. So mm. we offer up to 16 subjects at, at, at Leaving Cert level. So I'm really happy that you got a, a warm welcome. Yeah. It's, 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 it's important and it's, it's, it's the kind of place that we are. And we'd like to, we'd like to think of ourselves as a school of a community where our doors are open and we welcome people into our building. We drove down separately and when I came in, I was just kind of lingering outside one of the doors that I thought might be away <laughs> for a minute. So kind of similar. But a student came out, they opened the door and the first thing they said was, how are you? And I was like, good, how are you? And then there was a class coming out and I was like, oh, you're heading out because it was raining just before we yeah. came. I was like, oh, it's staying dry. And they were saying how, how they were going planting trees outside. Yes. And then we just passed out the teacher that was talking about the same. So like, yeah, that yeah means we great. both had the exact same experience. Yeah. Coming yeah. In, yeah. And again, again, the, the school, the school being a community school, uh, we're quite unique in that we have a sports complex as well. Mm. So again, that's reaching out into the community. Mm. And that sports complex is run under the management of the board of management, that I would be a secretary to. And as part of our, as part of being one of four community schools in the whole country, having a sports complex, it's a social enterprise. Okay. And it employs 25 people, most right. of whom are living in the area, from the area, Excellent. our past pupils, our parents. Yeah. So that's another way in which our school reaches out into the community and that sports complex, as well as employing around 25 staff, would have up to 72 different clubs, associations oh, and organisations wow. wow. uh, being involved there and is opened up to, is open for up to 102 hours a week. So it's a big part of the community as well. And I think if you didn't know schools, you wouldn't know that that kind of stuff is happening, that they're a hub in a community. You wouldn't get that sense unless you hear about it. And again, Trish, that's the kind of stuff that's happening in our school. Now, we're, we're uni unique in that we're one of four in the country. Uh, and while it's, 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 it's very welcome, it's also an added responsibility oh, yes. uh, on a school principal. It's also particularly an added responsibility on a, on a, on a board of management. Mm. It's one that we, that we take on board, but it's, it's, it's one that you're conscious of. It's another layer of accountability yeah. and responsibility for schools. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. again, it's, it's what we do. It's, 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 it's part of our ethos. We're a community yeah. school and we're, we're here 50 years. Wow. Uh, 50 years in September uh, nice. 1973. Our school nice. opened, Ooh. serving the community since 1973. So, uh, you know, I'm really glad that you're here today having this conversation and I do appreciate you coming down from... Yeah. From we, we, We'll take the people from Kerry across the border. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll We're only passing through now, just letting you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, we hope you haven't been the principal since 1973. We think you look a bit younger bit than of, that. A bit of a child wonder. I started... Yeah, I started... Prodigy. I started, 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 started early. I started pushing my short pants. <laughs>
<laughs> oh man. Oh, anyway, we've kind of gotten into it yeah. with a bit without getting into it, but maybe we might. Um, could you just give us a sense of your career journey? What's brought you to yeah. to do this? Do you know, I was really fortunate. I'd met fabulous people as 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 uh, right through my teaching career. Really, um, I'm from I'm from the city. I, I I lived in Douglas and moved to Bishopstone, and I got a job. Uh, graduated in the 80s, mm-hmm. late, late 80s, 1988, came out with the HDEP. And I always wanted to be a teacher. It was something that I, I wanted to be a teacher because I was very fortunate. I met really good teachers. Okay. And they were very good role models. And surprise, surprise, I can think of Tony Power and Nick Carey, they were teachers of English and history. And I became a teacher of English and history. Nice. Yeah. And good they were, they, were, they were, you know, they were your influences. And I started my teaching career in a place called Terence Maxwell Community College in Nakanahini, in Cork City, in the north side of Cork City. And I was there from 1988 until 2001. And it was an absolutely wonderful place to teach because I learned the craft of teaching. I really learned mm. the craft of teaching. So I really had to, and where I learned that from was observing colleagues, really, really skilled practitioners, the Jerry McCarthy's, the Isabel Bakers, the Rita Conway's, the Joel LeBlanc's, the Jerry Larkin's, they were, Ted O'Keefe's, they were phenomenal teachers. And as a young 21-year-old, raw 21-year-old, I would look yeah. at these people and I would say, how can they get the students to engage in teaching and learning? I was trying my best to try and get, you know, to, to, that's the core business of school, teaching and learning and caring for the kids. And I I really learned from the expert down the hall. And the expert down the hall was the teacher next door. And the teacher next door was Jory McCarthy. And I saw Jory McCarthy and how he engaged with the mm-hmm. second years and the first years. And I said, I'll try that but do it in my own way. Yes. So yeah. I was very fortunate in teaching a school like Terence Maxwinnie in Nakanahini, um, in the sense as well as we worked with a principal and very much his style of leadership was very much invitational. So there was loads of opportunities to get involved in different initiatives. So as mm. a very young teacher, I was coordinating Leaving Start Applied oh. and we built that up and that not, so you're no longer just a teacher in your own classroom. You were working with other teachers, you were working with other colleagues, you were working with parents, and it really nurtured. I was very comfortable in that space, working with these people, and it was a great place to look at schools in ways in which we can adapt and make school and education relevant to the students that we're working with. So I was there until about 2001, and then from 0102 to 08, I worked with the department, second level support service, going, right. going in out of schools, uh, facilitating in-service, again, Great job mm. going in and out of schools talking about teaching and learning. Lovely. What a great gig. Yeah. And the beauty of that was you were working with people in the schools. Mm. Yeah. So it wasn't an elective audience who were coming out to you, to the education centre by choice. You were now going into schools yeah. and working with a very yeah. mixed ability audience yeah. in terms of levels of motivation and yeah. commitment and different stages of career. Very good people. And really your job is very, very fortunate. You mentioned Kerry. I worked with the wonderful Liz O'Keefe. Mm. Uh, from Tralee and we worked together as regional development officers with, with, with the second level support service and we learnt again how you create the space where you can facilitate teachers to talk about teaching and learning in a way that's safe and non-judgmental. Yeah, yeah. Not an easy thing to do because yeah. they're talking with a lot of own colleagues. So that was a fantastic number. I was really, really, yeah. really enjoyed it. Uh, and then in 2008, um, the job as deputy principal came up in Mayfield Community School and I was fortunate enough to be successful in the application. And uh, I've been here since, since the early uh, In 2014-15, our principal, Tony, Tony Walsh, retired. And I applied for the job. I didn't have an entitlement to it. Yeah. I had to present yeah. to the board what I feel was 
you know, what our school's about and mm-hmm. what I could, where I could bring the school to the next stage with, with, with other colleagues. Mm-hmm. Fortunate enough to get the job and I've been, I've been here since. Yeah. And enjoying it. I like, I like the job as, as, yeah. as, as principal. Yeah. I was going to say you love it because when you talk about yeah. it, even when I meet you outside of here, you know, you light up when you talk about your school. So you seem to love it. Do you know, Trish, I, it's in, in, sometimes love it can be a strong word. But <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 we've tempered that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I do, I do love it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I don't want to kind of feel, you know, oh, you know, it's, 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 it's it is a very challenging role. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, you know, getting up in the morning, I enjoy coming into school. And the reason why I enjoy coming to school, like being a school leader, it can be a great job, right? And generally, I love being part of it. I think fundamentally, it comes back to the people that you meet. And as well as that, you recognize where where some of the kids are coming from and some of the obstacles that they have that they have to overcome and they, and what they have to get to get to the point of getting to the junior cert and getting to the leaving cert. Yeah. And there's a great sense of satisfaction and an achievement in seeing those young people grow through significant years. So that's a really nice part, a nice part of the job. But I also say as well, we had a parent teacher meeting last night. And I was speaking with one of the teachers this morning and she said, you know, she was saying to me that um, the teachers, re- that the parents really appreciate what we do for them. And that's so true because we work with parents who do appreciate what we do. And we work with parents who value what we do. Yeah. And there's a great satisfaction in, in, in working with those. And also you're also working with parents who for very good reasons may be struggling with different things and being a parent myself, you're non-judgmental mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you work with them and you do your very best to try and get their son, daughter to a point where they're in a better place, yeah. you know? And one thing as well that I really enjoy about the job is, is, is the fact that we work with teachers who are good people, teachers who are, who are very generous, very generous in their time, very generous in their commitment. Mm-hmm. And really do their best for the students that we work with. So as a school leader, you're in a very privileged position. Yeah, yeah. You're meeting all these people. You're meeting the students, the parents, the, 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 the teachers. And then we also work with community associations, community organizations who yeah. are reaching out and helping us work with. You, you, meet, you meet very, very committed people who want to help, who want to help your school. So... Being a school leader, it's a privileged position. It's a great position, and it's one that I'm very fortunate to be in. I would say, and we're in, we're in the principal's office, and I say the principal's office directly. It's not my office. Yeah. The chair there is not my chair. I'm borrowing that chair for a period of time. Mm-hmm. So I would deliberately say in memos to staff, I would say in the principal's office. You know, yeah. um, and your best really hopes that your best hopes is that. The time you have here, you respect that and you value the legacy that has been there before you mm-hmm. and the tradition that you come on. Like, say, for example, that's why when I was talking about the community school, you're very fa- you're very conscious of what we stand for yeah. and what we're about as a school. Yeah. So yeah. that matters. And it mm-hmm. matters that while you're wearing the mantle of leadership for a short period of time, that you respect the values of what the school are about, what we stand for, and you pass that on to the to the to the to the next generation of of teachers that will continue the legacy of yeah. Mayfield Community School. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I um I really liked the regional development officer model of in service. Yeah, I think I mean, I think it's a loss to lose that. I agree. Um, I know in my time it was the SPHE and RSE teams that I and and they were partnered with health promotion officers in the HSE at the time. I mean, this is a good few years ago now, 
but they knew their schools, they knew their people, they were in, they were in, in the cold face and, and supporting and talking. It wasn't yeah. people coming out into a room where you're doing an in-service and you get, a, you know, there's a lots of reasons why that's unsustainable as a model. Yeah. I think Trish, it, it, it went so far, I think it could have went a bit further. Yeah. Unfortunately, they, they, they restructured and yeah. they remodeled. I think the idea of regional development officers working with schools and building relationships with schools, it embeds CPD much more into the life of the school yeah. as opposed to the episodic one yeah. day wonder where people are saying, oh, I was a fantastic in-service, really good facilitator. But you've got to come back and to sort of the John Hattie phrase, what's the impact? Yeah. What's the impact of the teaching and learning in the classes yeah. that week, that month, six months later? Yeah. And the beauty of the, at the time, the SSLS model was that we engage with students over a period of maybe six months or over a year. Mm. So you might have worked with them in September you got maybe groups or focus groups working on different that, yeah. things and then came back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was yeah. like sort of a relationship. Yeah. And the beauty of it as well, Trish, is that you had those teachers in their schools look at their own CPD explicit needs in their context. Because yeah. the one size does not fit no. all. So slightly, it, you know, I think the idea of facilitators meeting the needs of the particular audience is far more effective than the presentation yeah. to script. I understand that you need to get a message across yeah. in relation to curriculum change. But I think when we're talking about teaching and learning, it's working where the teachers are at in their context and where those students are and how we can work with the teachers. And particularly, and coming back to that idea of the expert in the hall, the people who know the schools the best yeah. are the teachers in the schools yeah. themselves. And it's facilitating that conversation, yeah. mm-hmm. facilitating that space whereby you can identify your champions or whatever you want to call it, your catalysts, yeah. and get them doing their, you know, the way I learned the craft, the way we learned the craft of teaching was me observing the Jory McCarthy's and yeah, yeah, the Isabel's. Yeah. That's yeah. how we learned as teachers and were yeah. nurtured. We're doing that model in our own school here where our classrooms are open and it's invitational and it's observational. So teachers can, if they wish, visit Miss Mannix's class. Brilliant. And, and, and again, have a conversation around. And that's something that has, the beauty of this is that this has nothing to do with me as principal. This is yeah. something that the teachers themselves have developed. And, yeah. and it's, it's a very, again, it's a sustainable model because it's something that teachers see the value in. Yeah. People don't like things being done to them. Mm-hmm. This is something that's, mm. that, they've, that they've worked through themselves and they see the value in yeah. it. And when people see the value in it, the chances of it continuing this whole idea of observation. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if I, a school principal, said, "Right, at our next staff meeting, we're, we're going to get now, Neil, would you go into Trisha's <laughs> class and Trisha, would you go to Neil's uh, class, and would you talk about assessment for learning, and would yeah. you look at criteria for success at Tuesday at nine o'clock? At Tuesday at nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Patricia might. And be I missing. check back in. And <laughs> might be missing. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I'll I'm check, only I'll, messing. I'll check in you then, Neil, as well. You come back to me and do a report. Yeah, which is. I mean that the the other thing for me around the the regional development officer work was the the upskilling and facilitation and those skills that are the extra layer that help you create that climate for that to happen. Yeah. Does that make sense it, to you? It does, and it was also you know it was it was actually there was the system maybe unbeknownst to itself or maybe it was very clever got great value from that model. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you had teachers. We were we were teachers. Teachers were facilitating teachers' practice. Yeah. Okay, so there wasn't any mantle of, you know, it was, so I would always have introduced myself as, my name is Kieran Golden, I'm a teacher in Terence Maximilian Community College yeah. in Akinahini. 
and people would share experiences. And it wasn't war stories or top Trump stories, mm. it was sharing experiences, right? But as well as that, the secondment model, and I know David too, he did some research on that, yeah. and there was, you know, there was mixed, you know, there was, there was, you know, mixed outcomes in that. But one of definitely, I from relating to, when I consider my own journey as, as a teacher, it also gave us great skills in facilitating and in working with adults. So as a deputy principal and as a principal, yeah, yeah. I brought those skills into the yeah. into yeah. you know senior management team yeah. or in in a school. So we did things like solution solution focused brief therapy. So if people were asking things and they'd ask, you would rather than take things on board. You know, if people were you know questioning, which which you know from the clash of minds, ideas ignite. People yeah. can have different ideas mm-hmm. and views about things. You wouldn't see that. Oh, staff are getting. It's not a case of that. You'd ask a very simple question: Is what one thing can we do to make this better? What mm-hmm. one thing? So you're actually asking people to come up with solution focused. Yeah. yeah. And the, the actual training that we got in all those areas, Trish, was, has been invaluable for me as a school yeah. leader to yeah. bring those skill set into managing yeah. schools. But I was fortunate that's not the case for every every principal. I was yeah. fortunate that was my career path. Yeah. And I suppose one of the things as well, and when we come maybe later on, is that I think the importance of seeing teaching as a profession as opposed to a vocation. Yeah. So teaching is like for all of us as a school principal, there should be avenues of professional Absolutely. growth. Mm-hmm. So it isn't clear and I'm whatever age I am and I'm getting tired and I'm looking at exit strategies. I think as school leaders, we need to start looking at progression. Yes, absolutely. Are there other ways in which we can yeah. give to the system? Yeah, yeah. Because unfortunately, the way things have gone and the way challenges of the job are going and because of the total overload that's coming at us, yeah. I know in our region, and I would know people around the country who are very, very good people mm-hmm. who are deciding to leave yeah. and to retire earlier than they might have done. Yeah. And that's a loss to the it's system. It's hugely sad. That's yeah. a system loss. Yeah, it is. And I think if we can just be a bit more creative and maybe think about this, what ways can we keep our leaders in the system in other ways? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of it as well is people not going for the role, like someone who could be fantastic in that position, not even getting to the point of being there and leaving early. You know, there's the other side of it as well. And that's a great point, Neil, because like we know, <clears throat> we know, and it's, we know th- through our own conversations with colleagues that probably one of the most competitive posts in schools currently in the system is deputy principal. There are lots of people applying mm-hmm. for the role of deputy principal. There's quite a few, very few are p- applying yeah. for the position of principal. And I think the question that the system needs to ask, and I know IPPN and NAPD are doing really good work on yeah, this, yeah. the question the system needs to ask is why are f- so few people applying for the job as principal. Yeah. Because the thing about it is in the research that the IPPN did and NAPD did uh, with Deakin University, yeah. mm. the, the Health and Wellbeing Service, 86% of us like our jobs. Mm-hmm. That's a phenomenal high number. Yeah. It is. Like in any profession, across any board, like 86% of us really enjoy what we do. Yeah. We like what we do. But why is it that people are considering maybe leaving early or why is it that we have no people who are not applying for the job yeah, at all? Yeah. I mean, 86% are, have very high job satisfaction and it doesn't go down mm. even when the people are feeling stressed and burnt out. Now, yeah. that's an anomaly in research too because most Absolutely. people, those two go down together. So there's something really amazing in the thinking and in the feelings that people have about their, their jobs in teaching and in, in senior leadership. But... 
that extra step into, I was doing a bit of research recently around this and the Skillsnet Ireland have been looking at it too. And some of it's about personal risk, feeling that leadership is a personal risk, but some of it's also about the breadth of the job oh. and how, what will it, what, what do I need to sacrifice to take that? Is that the right time for me or balance with my family or balance with the other things in my life that I want to keep going together? So, and they look at, at really successful school leaders um, maybe having a narrower window about that what work-life balance or time with the family. And that's not to say that they're modelling badly. It means that's the realities of the job being unsustainable and they're seeing it, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good point. It's two things that, two things like taking the risk. Um, what I would say there is in my role within APD and as a president of an APD and working locally, we would meet with recently appointed school leaders, recently appointed school principals and deputy principals. And the first thing we would say to them is thank you. Yeah. Thank you for putting your hand up. Thank you for putting yourself out there yeah. and applying for the position, yeah. first of all. And thank you for taking on the role. Yeah. And I think that's an important yeah. thing to say, that you have that strength of your conviction. Yeah. People have believed in you. I was fortunate that I met people as a young teacher who believed and felt you could be a really good coordinator. You could be very good at this. And I was mm-hmm. very fortunate. And that wasn't done in sort of a patronizing glib way. So you're encouraged to take the risk because yeah. it is. It, the principalship can be a very lonely position. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you, you can, you know, you don't really have, you might think you have, but you don't really have the camaraderie of the staff role. Yeah. So your position as a principal is no longer neutral. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. So once you go into the staff or once you go into the staff meeting or whatever it might be, how you present things mm. or what you might say or how might you, and you're very conscious of this, or how you might react in terms of your body language has significance. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's yeah, not, not that's overstating true. it. No, but you true. can You have to be very, very sensitive to the responsibility and accountability around your role mm. and your status within, within, within the school. So it's having that sort of awareness around that yeah uh so in terms of in terms of taking the risk absolutely i would applaud people and thank people for mm. applying for it the, the thing that you mentioned as well trisha around say for example maybe it's kind of looking at maybe you know boundaries and you know your professional life and your personal yeah. life i think very often there's a sense that uh i would say you know between the deputy principal principal how many years is it? Zero eight to twenty-three. It's a long time, anyway, isn't it? It's a number. <laughs> it's of a years. while. It's a while, okay. And I would say, Trish, in the first, definitely, definitely, as a deputy principal, certainly as a principal, I would say in the first four to five years, I didn't respect boundaries. Okay. And I didn't respect boundaries myself as a school principal because I f- felt. Uh, I felt this thing that I just had to be on top of things. I felt yeah. that I had to keep. Uh, that I, I felt that there was, you know, uh, I felt that things had to be done on time. And really what happens is you become very immersed in the job and it can it can almost, it's, it's, it can soak into your body, into your being, into yeah, your bones. Yeah, absolutely. And you're always on. Yeah. And you're always on. You become that person who was always on. Yeah. So what happens is, what actually happens is, your family recognise that. Yeah. Your family see that. So I have adult children now, four adult children, and 
they were a bit younger then, they were teenagers then, but I can remember driving the car, you can bring them on to football training or dance or yeah. whatever it might yeah. be. And you're in the car and you're driving, and I've, I've disclosed this with you, I have no problem saying it, you're, you're driving and they're talking away and they'd look at you and they'd say, Dad, you haven't heard one Yeah, word the lights are on, but like nothing said. going. Yeah. And they were absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Because what was happening was, Kieran was thinking about the meeting he was going to have with that parent or difficult parent or maybe a staff member around something that was yeah. sensitive yeah and you were rehearsing the script in your head how am i going to bring up this yeah. staff member this was so really what happens then after a period of time maybe after a number of years maybe you get a wake-up call and you're kind of you just need to stop and pause and reset okay and i would say in the last maybe three years um, I would have, I would be a, I, I have a greater sense of boundaries. Okay. Yeah. And I suppose what I mean by that is, um, I'm here in the morning, eight, quarter past eight, uh, fully committed, working with people, nurturing people, because uh, in the job as principal, you're giving a lot. Yeah. It's an emotional, it's an emotional yeah. job. You're yeah. giving a lot. Very often you're managing other people's emotions as well. That's true. And uh, what I would say as well is that what I have in the last three years, the laptop is left in the school at five o'clock or quarter past five. I'm having a moment. I'm going, oh, my God, could I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed, but I'm really reacting. Trish, see, the thing is, right, if I bring the laptop home, I know the way that I'm wired. My wife is a moon tour coma. All right. So Mairead will probably yeah. get out the laptop. She's a teacher. She'll probably talk yeah. about it. Okay, I'll take out the laptop now as well. Yeah. And you're back on yeah. again. Yeah. It's one of the things that we worked when we were in COVID. That. So the idea is that it's creating those boundaries between your workspace and your home space. Yeah. And guess what? I would say I'm working far more effectively yeah. as a nothing, school. Nothing blew up or fell apart, no? Nothing blew up. <laughs> nothing. And you know what? We we missed the odd department deadline. It's okay. It's, yeah. It's, we, and yeah. It's, it's not. And what you're actually doing is you're not reducing standards. We always have high expectations. You're not reducing standards. You're creating a working reality. Yeah. And the working reality is, okay, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get it. And at five o'clock and quarter past five, yeah. I'm closing the laptop and now I'm going home to my loved ones because they are your loved ones. Yeah. And let's 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 dedicate your time to them. Yeah. And then what happens is actually you come in the following morning, you're fresher, yeah, you're brighter. And I remember reading, uh, what's his, John Comey, is he the guy, the, the FBI guy? He retired oh, yes, recently, yes, read yeah. the book recently. Yeah. And he would actually direct people to take time off mm -hmm. because <laughs> we should have to direct people to take time off. But... It's it's not this always on because yeah. if you're always on, you're tired, and when you're tired, you make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So the idea is that when you come into work and you're working with people and you're fresh, you've actually time to think and you've time to strategize and plan and work with your deputy principal, and actually work with colleagues as opposed to coming in feeling that you've been on yeah. all the yeah. time. Can you like, yeah. revisit and tell us about the transition of that is what I'm wondering because you know you hear about when you when you hear and talk to people about things like work-life balance it's that thing of um you know the more emails you send the more emails you get <laughs> you yeah, know this very type true. of thing and then once the boundaries have been kind of broken I imagine it's a very difficult mm. thing to start trying to rebuild that and restructure it yeah um, so I'm wondering, because you're definitely not the only person from, from from my experience of talking to school leaders and people in leadership positions in general, you know, you're definitely not the only person who faced that challenge. So 
I'm just wondering about the actual transition. The reset. Yeah. What did you yeah, yeah. I think I think in terms of the reset, it's you just need sometimes it, it could be a health issue, it could be it could be a you know, you just kind of say, if I keep going like this, you and it's not me personally, but if if you keep going like this, you're going to get burnt out. Yeah, you are you're yeah, heading yeah. for burnout. Mm-hmm. The danger of burnout, and I'm not an expert in burnout, but my sense of it is that you don't recognize it yourself. And the thing about it was, you're 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 just. I just felt that you're going, and you just need to pause, reset, and just. And the be- the beauty of it, Neve, is that the beauty of it is that. I remember I sent up management team meeting agendas on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Taught the management team. That was such an invasion of space, the people. They never said to me that they'd objected to it. And I remember saying to them, are you okay with this? And when I look back on it, that was really unfair. And I remember having a conversation with people from Microsoft and they said, oh, by the way, if you're working in France, you'd be in trouble for that. Absolutely. People yeah, have a right to yeah, disconnect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And now what we do, Neve, is that the email from the management team agenda goes out on a Friday afternoon. We're an inclusive school. So I said, okay, what does that mean? The email for the management team meeting agenda doesn't just go to the AP1s. It goes to all staff. Right. Including all teaching staff, your SNAs and your PMEs. They all get the agenda. If they want to, to us to talk about something, they can. I invite them to email me what they would like to have on that agenda. The report from the meeting on a Monday afternoon goes to all staff, PMEs, SNAs, and teaching staff. Goes to all staff. And that to me is what is what an inclusive school is yeah. about. And I suppose in terms of the reset, it there's discipline there. So I know I've got to get the agenda for Monday staff meeting, for example, out on a Friday afternoon, as opposed to a Sunday night. Guess what happened, Neve? Kieran had weekends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So what happened was on a Friday evening I was going home and it meant sometimes, okay, stay in the next quarter of an hour. So as opposed to going to half four, quarter four, five, five o'clock, wait till quarter past five. Get the agenda out. Schedule send it for Monday morning at yes, nine o'clock. Yes. Right? Because I'm not going to send out a half five to staff. Yeah. So yeah. schedule send. But it meant then that Kieran had Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. time for himself and time for his family. That's not been selfish actually. Because actually what you end up doing is you're in a better place oh, to give. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. You know? But how do you talk yourself down from the temptation to... Which is... Um, I, I, not I, asking for a friend. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But how do you talk yourself down from the temptation? You're look, it's... Look, it's... it's it's of course you see we're wired we're wired to we're wired to get things done aren't we and yeah. I suppose we're in yeah, positions yeah. because we're people who got things done exactly you know uh, we've got you know I suppose I was for, you know uh, going to school I was taught by teachers who taught us that you know the fundamentals of success are consistent effort and hard work and yeah. commitment yeah. and dedication you know yeah. And yeah. you know yourself like a teacher came in a while ago and she says God Kieran you spoke so well to the bishop last week you know your speech you know that five minute speech will take an hour to prepare. Yeah. So it's preparation, preparation, preparation. But in, in terms of in terms of um I suppose how you said you talk yourself down, you, you know yourself. Like I know myself, Trish. 
if the laptop is there, I could slip over yeah. to it. Yes, so yeah. I have to take away the temptation. It's like the biscuits. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's helped me. Because I know if I have the laptop there in the evening, I'm, I'll am i slip over and I could slip onto it again. So yeah. I have to remove the temptation. Yeah. It's as basic as that. You I'm know? very challenged by that because the laptop goes everywhere. I mean, it's beside me now. Mm. Every time I get into the car. Yeah. Holiday, you name it. And I know I shouldn't, but I just, you have the sense of oh, something happens yeah. or if there's a document that you need. And it, it's it's your it's your own stuff. It's not the organization oh, yeah. that's doing that to you. It's literally your own. Because I think we, we I come from a, um, a socialization that work really hard. What you put in, you get out. You know, it, it's almost that constant piece. And yeah. it's it's about, as you say, removing the temptation is... Um, uh, you know, them at home would be thrilled now if I if I decided to surgically remove yeah. myself from that. You're right. I'm really challenged by what you're saying. What yeah. I'm hearing as well, though, and I could be I could be wrong, so I'm not trying to put words on you. But when you're saying that you could see the benefits of when you were taking particular actions with regard to the time you were getting back yeah. in your own personal life, but also how you were presenting yourself in work mm. because of that break of as being well. rested. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, you know, what I'm hearing is kind of if you took small steps in that direction you might see this is having a benefit if I yeah. take a bigger step in this direction yeah. it's going to have a bigger benefit you know that's how I'm kind of hearing you and that's a great point Neve, because remember I suppose in being a principal and being a deputy principal you're also a role model for other colleagues mm-hmm. who yes. are looking at the role and if they see a principal who's so stretched and we are stretched but if they see a person for whom the job is just not manageable mm-hmm why should they apply for it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think us as role models is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when people ask me, do I like my job? I do. I like what we do because of what I would have said earlier on. But I'm also at a point now, I suppose, I'm, I'm in a place where I recognize the triggers. I recognize the importance of respect for yourself as yeah. a person and as a professional. Yeah. And... I recognise the importance of creating boundaries between where we work, what we do, and the full commitment to that, Mm -hmm. and the giving in that, and then the place where this is now time for. I'll give you a very simple example. In our school here, it's a typical school, right? You've got classrooms, you've got offices, Mm -hmm. you've got restrooms and so on, right? We have a staff room. The staff room is a place where people have their coffee. The staff room is a place where people have their conversations and their chats about their families or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. I would say this to staff very openly. When I go into the staff room, I'll talk to anybody about absolutely anything. Monster rugby, soccer, whatever it might be. Anything, yeah. anything. But it's it's not the workspace. Yeah. And it's creating that space inside in the school where it's okay for people. When we go into the staff room, let's have a cup of tea and a cup of coffee and talk about whatever you feel comfortable about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to feeling what we need to talk about this Yeah. Now. We can do that at our staff meetings. We can do that at our various team meetings throughout the week. We can do that in the office here. No problem. Yeah. No problem. But I think it's about creating that culture and that place. And culture, culture can be a very sort of, you know, culture can be a very sort of um, nebulous word, but it's, it's not. Culture is about people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And we're the people. Yeah. We're so the we people decided. in the school. Yeah, yeah, we create it. We're the people in the school. So yeah. it's within our remit. And I know there's legacies in all of this, but that doesn't mean we're bound to it. Yeah, yeah We're absolutely. creating our culture by how we interact and about what our expectations 
are of each other. Mm-hmm. And I think as a leader, that's one of the things that you've got influence over. Yeah. Not full responsibility. Like there's 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 responsibility in how we talk to each other and how we speak with each other yeah. and how we make feel make 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 each other feel. Mm-hmm. It's not my job to make people feel happy. I, I if I think I can do that, I'll be you know that's not that's not realistic. But I can create the place where people yeah. feel it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay to get things wrong. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay to. It comes back to. It comes back to what's the core value of our school. Mm-hmm. And a core value of our school is a place where our students can do really, really well. But I'd also say, as a leader, it's a place where our teachers yeah. can nurture and grow. Again, that was based on my own experience of being a teacher. I was very fortunate. I worked in schools and I worked in associations with the LSNSS under Michael Garvey, where oh, we yeah. were given a remit to, to grow and to prosper. Mm-hmm. And we just took it. Yeah. You can feel from the staff when we were in there earlier, there was like people were chatting. It was a really nice atmosphere and very welcoming. Um, and I commented to you that I, I saw the sign up on the wall that said like mobile phones are, are switched off here. Mm. Um, they can be on at lunchtime if you need to, whatever. But but and there wasn't there, not a person was on a laptop or a mobile phone. Yeah. It, they were literally making eye contact with each other, chatting to each other, connecting with each other over yeah. a cup of tea. It was impressive. Yeah. And that's nice. It's a place where people can talk to each other and chat and connect. Yeah. Yeah. What I'd love to chat a little bit about, um, because I, I'm conscious that we're talking about this idea of work-life balance and so on and I know an area of sustainability and leadership is an interest for all of us here mm-hmm. and there's definitely having said all that and having you know talked about the ways in which we can try to improve that situation at a personal level uh, I think we can all agree that there's definitely challenges to the sustainability of school leadership at yeah. the moment and um, I'd love to chat a little bit about that yeah it's it's and it is there there, there is in 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 some ways in some ways when you think about it, a real challenge for a school leader is trying to create that alignment between their personal values, their core values, between our day-to-day activities, the expectations of staff, of parents, mm-hmm. and pupils, and then the actual time to do the job. So you've 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 all you've all this going on. So, like say for example, Neve, when I look at Typical, typical principal's report that goes to a board, a board of management who's made up by volunteers. Mm-hmm. It's a governance model of volunteers giving mm-hmm. up their time. Mm-hmm. But when I look at, say, a typical, a typical board of management principal's report, you'll look at things like, and I would always deliberately put admin, curriculum, pupil learning, staff CPD at the start. Then you go into things like personnel matters. So you're dealing with HR, mm. contracts, applications for additional SNEs, uh, returns of documentation to the department, all of which are all really, really important. Mm-hmm. Then you switch over to things like school organisation, the organisation of exams, assessments, um, the, the organisation of all those very important activities which are the rhythm of the school year. Then you look at the whole area of plant management. Mm-hmm. So Huge. you Huge. walk down our building. It's fifty years old. It's very well maintained, but we have a leak, and you saw the buckets, yeah, drip, yeah. drip water just coming in, coming into the staff room. Uh, you've, 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 you've say, for example, uh, we've we were very fortunate. We've additional accommodation. We've 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 got permission to build onto the school. Okay. Uh, so we're dealing with where we're working with 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 with, with design teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, only very, very recently, we got a phone call. We got a letter from Irish Water to tell us that our bill was €26,000. Oh, lovely. Happy so, days. <laughs> there's, there's a leak in the house. Yeah. Uh, okay. Too much water in one way. <laughs> Too much water in one way. Yeah. So you have this, and then you have all of the other stuff. And, like, it's... it's it's When you're bringing this to the board and you've got good people on the board, it ultimately becomes very often... It's the secretary of the board, who's a school principal, trying to manage trying to manage all of that. And the thing about it is that again, what's the research telling us? The evidence from the Irish principals and deputies health and, health and wellbeing survey, and they interviewed over a thousand, yeah. mm-hmm. a thousand. It's quite big. Ninety seven percent, ninety seven percent of respondents tell us that the number of tasks and responsibilities that divert their attention away from their core purpose as a school leader. 97% yeah. have been diverted by yeah. these things, which are important yeah. and which need to be done, yeah. but it's diverting us away from, from, the core, from the core business. And from a system point of view, from a system point of view, I utterly and totally acknowledge how we've been so well supported by the Centre for School Leadership, uh, NAPD, mm-hmm. IPPN, professional associations, mm-hmm. yep. they're supported by the system. PDST, the management bodies, the recent increase in posts, they've been great helps, oh, yeah. great supports. But there's so much more is needed. Yeah. And when you think about it, from 2016 to 2022, IPPN analysed 162 documents. And 162 documents, 100% of them, were, 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 were to do with managing the organisation mm-hmm. of the documentation that was coming from the department. 25% of them were relevant, were pertinent to leading teaching. I know, yeah. I know. So in some ways, what we've got is, and Anne Looney speaks about this uh, in, in her introduction to the IPPN, very, very good publication. Primary School Leadership, The Case for Urgent Action, A Roadmap for Sustainability. And um, Professor Looney, Dr. Looney, speaks speaks about that our model of governance now, it's just gone past its cell by Mm -hmm. day. It's it's Mm -hmm. reached the end of its shelf life. And it's it's that kind of thing. So basically what you have is the the kinds of responsibility now that's resting on the shoulders of your school principal, it's taking us away from our core purpose, which is leading teaching and exactly. learning. And the reason you applied and for the job. The reason yeah, I applied yeah. for the job, going back to SLSS, to having yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. around teaching and learning, and it's bringing you more and more into, I would say, areas like maintenance of buildings and grounds, financial management, administrative tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... The thing I like about her job is meeting the kids in the corridor. Really like about that. But I know I could come in here in the morning at 8 o'clock and be still here at 5 o'clock and leave my laptop here. (laughs) (laughs) Like a laugh. And not see a child. Yeah. And still struggle with the complex job roles and the very complex demands that are being made on school principals. Mm -hmm. So when the question is asked... When the question is asked, why are people not applying for the position? I think we're getting some sense of the answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you think about it as well, a big challenge in our role is the lack of definition or clarity around what the role of a principal is. Because 
principals are good people. School leaders are good people. They want, they, they apply for the job with great intentions. Uh, they're creative people. They're problem mm-hmm. solvers. Yeah, they yeah. do all of this, right? But the thing about it is the system, again, is almost setting up school leaders um, in a way that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So just, just, just if we think about it for a second, right? The system really acknowledges that school leadership matters. It does. Yeah. But at the same time, it relies massively on school leaders to implement change and mandated reform. It relies on school leaders to navigate that yeah. and negotiate that at school level, at both school and system levels. As a result, then what happens is that school leaders haven't a clearly defined role and that role is expanding. It's not yeah, contracting. Well, the role is expanding year and year. And all these demands, actually, ironically, all the demands, say in your typical principal's report that's going to your board, yeah. and this is happening in 700 plus schools, yeah. I think, right? This is happening. And what's actually happening because of your personnel matters and school organization and plant management and financial management and administrative tasks, ironically, the system is limiting the capacity of exceptionally talented, able school leaders to focus on their core purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the core purpose is the job that we signed up to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think you two are speaking the same language because oh, I read your I read your, your some of the speeches that you've given and, and some of the advocacy that you've done at symposias and nationally about this. And Neve is I'm talking for you now, sorry about this, but <laughs> but Neve um is writing about this as well and calling for a reconceptualization of how we understand school, that the time has come that we need to just yeah. start looking again and say what's working and what's not working. Yeah. Because we were we were doing a, a, a policy analysis of looking at our schools and the teaching and the, the leading teaching and learning is such a substantive part. And we talk so much about the differentiation between leadership and management but it's management that is pulling the 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 urgent is pulling um, our school leaders into that space. So if we want these cutting edge, you know, c- curriculum innovators in our in our schools, they need space to do that. You you can't yeah. do that, you know, in the last ten minutes of a day when you have everything else off the desk. And I think when you when 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 it's it's a great point, Trish. And I think looking at that, it's it's the the role has become so broad and so complex. I think it's really, really becoming time. It is in terms of defining defining what we understand by school leadership. Yeah. And in defining it, we spoke about boundaries and parameters. Yeah. So in defining school leadership responsibilities, I would, see, I would see that through the lens of practices that are most likely to improve teaching and learning. Yeah. And that's not abstaining responsibility. It's about actually acknowledging a responsibility. And the core purpose and role of schools is teaching and learning and looking after yeah. you, and looking after yeah. your students. Yeah. And where you have principles who are being stretched and pulled in all different kinds of areas and really working with a compliance model mm-hmm. And that sense of fear mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that if you make a mistake or if something yeah. isn't noted in the minutes or yeah. if you haven't written that letter or sent that email, are you in some ways putting the board at risk of? Yeah. 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 And 
I suppose in terms of what can you do about it? There are answer, there are answers. Mm-hmm. There are answers, and I think it's a it's 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 a conversation that the system is hearing and is responding at 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 a rate, but the system can only remain lucky for so long. Yeah, yeah. And we can't wait for a time when people just stop applying altogether. Yeah. We, you know, we need we need to continue. Yeah. We're very fortunate in our country that we have very good people who are teachers. Yeah. We're very high quality, very high quality. And here at third level, you see this in terms mm. of the people mm. who are becoming teachers and that. And that continues, you know, that's important. But I suppose one of the recommendations and one of the proposals that are coming very strongly from NAPD, and it was released at our recent, recent, recent symposium, was yeah. the idea of providing sufficient and skilled administrative support exactly. to all schools that has such potential to declutter our destiny and declutter our roles and declutter our jobs and allow us focus on our core purpose. We're not talking about secretarial staff. It's, this isn't this isn't about getting people to type letters and so on. That's that's court that's mm-hmm. important. This is actually about people who can work in administrative roles to allow the teacher or to allow the school principal yeah. to focus on their work yeah. as a school leader to support teaching and learning. So it's the idea of the things we talk about, the plant management, the financial management, yeah. the HR stuff that you can support a school yeah. leader yeah. around that. I have a word for these in my head and I call them school managers. That school managers yeah. And then you have your school leadership. You have your principal teacher. You're you're a principal teacher. That's your title. Yeah. When you think yeah. about it, that's yeah. your title. Yeah. It's a principal teacher. The principal teacher leads teaching and learning and the other pieces. And if yeah. there were school managers, so you're talking about high level, yeah. capable people who can manage these absolutely. priority areas absolutely. that are administrative. Absolutely. For schools. Yeah. So absolutely. That's, and that's I in think, my head what I'm calling. And I think them. that could be. Absolutely groundbreaking for, our, for Irish education. And I know it was launched at our, 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 our recent symposium and it's a conversation that we've been having for a while with the department. Mm-hmm. And I think in doing that, the system will be a better place where we have these skilled administrative support. And our best hopes is that you will have as many and more people then applying for the position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That they yeah. can see it as, that job is actually doable. Yeah. Because... Currently, as I say, it's been set up. It's been set up in a way that it's actually limiting the capacity yeah. of school leaders yeah. to do what they mm. could and probably should yeah. be doing. Yeah. But they're drawn into. They're drawn into. And like, there's other ways. I mean, when when you think about it again, I think the whole idea of making the position more attractive. And as I say, eighty six percent of us like the job. Yeah. Which is a massive. It's a huge. It's a huge return on any job. But like. Can you imagine if, if, if we gave if we gave the option for school principals to return to the classroom and keep your allowance? Yeah. You know, keep, keep you know, uh, there, there's a sense now that if a principal becomes a deputy principal, a deputy principal becomes a teacher, it's almost a sense of what happened there. Yeah, I guess. That it. shouldn't be a conversation. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. make choices for mm-hmm. different, you know, yeah. for good personal reasons and professional yeah. reasons. Um. Maybe the whole sense of looking at fixed term contracts yeah. for principals, mm-hmm. for school leaders. Let's look at this for a fi- as a five year or as a seven year or as a mm-hmm. ten year ten mm-hmm. year job. Um, the idea of of secondment to support Absolutely. services as yeah. school leaders and with respect placing a value in that in terms of 
remuneration yeah. and keeping your yeah. allowance. Uh, so again, and to universities too, and to univer- and to universities. See, it makes logical sense. And to universities it? again, it's it's like you 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 have people at a certain point in their career, they have so much to give, so much to share. The system is richer for it. So rather than a person maybe retiring early, if they're given an option to transition okay. to university exactly. to a, a place of further education, initial teacher education, can you imagine the depth and the oh, experience incredible. and the richness incredible. that could be brought into departments yeah. right around the country? And the system, again, is better yeah. for it. Yeah. And I'm sure, look, I'm not an economist, but I'm sure if you did the money on this, this isn't, this, this is affordable. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Now, yeah. you know, it's, 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 yeah. it's something that... It's something that could 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 certainly be you know looked at. I think as well the idea and thanks again to the Centre for School Leadership, the idea of coaching and mentoring yeah. is is Huge. very very valuable and it's a great it is, service yeah. that all of us can that all of us can avail of. And I would say as well the idea of and again having that built into the idea of a contract for the principal, the idea of actually building into your school day, building into your school year the opportunity to visit other schools. Absolutely. In the region, Absolutely. in the country, <laughs> nationally, internationally. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? Somebody else in the school gets the opportunity to become to the acting principal or acting yeah. deputy principal for a period of time. Absolutely. And what happens? There's a regeneration. There's a regeneration of the of the, of the leader in situ. Let's say, for example, I would spend some time visiting other schools when I say, oh, I am talking about principles at a system level, yeah, yeah, I know. visiting schools in other regions, visiting schools in other countries and coming back yeah. with ideas. Like one of the things that we're doing recently, say, for example, with ACCS is that we're having our meetings in other schools. Yeah. And it's a great chance to go into other schools and see what yeah. their school yeah. looks yeah. like. So like, there's loads of ideas. Yeah. There's lots yeah. of ideas yeah. in how we can make this job more attractive, more creative. Can I just acknowledge as well that... The, I, I, I have absolutely no copyright in ideas, these ideas. These ideas are conversations that we would have had at NAPD, yeah. National Executive Level, yeah. and just acknowledge that. Yeah, yeah. Like these, I hear you. You know, this isn't yep. Kieran Golden. These, this is, these are ideas that have come from colleagues at NAPD, ACCS yeah. level, having conversations around how can we make the job more attractive or attractive so that we have people who say, I'd like to work yeah, in that yeah, role. Yeah. And these are things that can be done. I really yeah, do I think that. It's a collective wisdom. But I also think, I think what is also needed, you mentioned a bit of this, but I was thinking practice or research leave, what we call, so, so, that, so for example, in higher education, you could apply for a research leave uh, and it would be one semester plus the summer. So it ends up about six months mm. to focus on something that will improve your practice or improve your research. And you've, and you've described that. But also the sabbatical isn't a bad idea because when you give so much and that's the purpose of sabbatical, when you give so much, you then need to replenish that. But you also, you know, we're we're in our echo chambers, getting out of those and visiting internationally or in other places opens up what we'll bring back into our schools. And there are ways of doing that that are tax efficient for the organisation, that the cost is not huge. Um, And they're small wins, but they're huge wins. They're small wins and huge gains. Yeah. Because, again, coming back to that word impact, like it's giving, a, it's giving a school leader who's giving so much a time to get off the treadmill, 
you know, get off that kind of hurried sickness that a lot of us are experiencing mm. and that sense of, it's like you mentioned the roundabout in our conversation. You know, watch roundabouts in Cork and we're trying to get on them. We're trying to get on them. Life can be or like avoid them. We're trying to get on, you know, get moving, keep yeah, moving, yeah. keep moving, keep moving. Can you imagine just the, the, the opportunity to, to stop and stare and to pause and just reflect? And I would see great value in the link between the universities and the schools because, you know, it's the old Kurt Loon phrase, you know, there's nothing as practical as good theory. Yeah. And what's that saying to you? And maybe giving someone a chance to say, I'm going to take some time now to read or to maybe have conversations with people around leadership and how can I, how can I look at, um, how can I refine my own practice as yeah. school leader? Because yeah. that's a constant journey. Yeah. And it's never, it's not a perfect science. You're always tweaking and reflecting and maybe saying, yeah, if I was back there now, uh, I think I would have done that differently. Yeah. A very yeah. different thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that comes from time, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, like, I'm smiling as you're talking and saying all of this because it's resonating so much. I know you, you just said that, but it's resonating so much with where my thinking is in this at the moment as well. Because like I interviewed principals and deputy principals for my PhD and sustainability was not on the cards. It wasn't what I was looking at. And it came back in force, the challenges that you're describing. Mm. So I think it's undoubtedly the most pressing issue that we have at the moment. And what I love about what you're saying, you know, you said, not all, these aren't all my own ideas or anything like that. But that excites me because like up, we were um, up meeting other stakeholders during the week at a meeting mm-hmm. and we were having some of these similar conversations as well. And that's making me feel actually really uplifted about it because people are starting to talk on a similar wavelength about this yeah. and I think that opens up the space for for real impact and um, something I just like to add when we're, we're talking about it as well it's hugely important the sustainability of the role because of the fact that we're in uh where we're, we're coming into some form of a crisis with people not wanting to go for the position of school leader but it's also for the well-being of people that have given up so much of themselves amazing school leaders that are doing incredible work and commending that yeah. and ensuring that they're yeah. looked after mm. and that their well-being comes first and foremost as well yeah that's you we can't we can't underestimate that the importance of that yeah 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 if we want to keep the system healthy we can't mm-hmm. and and i think the because one of the, the pieces are that you can end up silent quitting you know presenting and just going through the motions and surviving the job or you can end up being courageous and make the decision to say do you know what this is too much and I need to I'd like to be still with children and teaching and I'm going to move and I'm going to do that or to try and find ways to make it more sustainable but one of the things I'm also curious about you know if if we look at if we look at introduction to teaching we now have a have a a CPD model for that we have Drihid and induction or whatever and then we have this. I know Kasan is, you know, but at the same time, there is value in that that attention to CPD and how we see that as embedded as the whole way through our practice for our careers. But inductions for principalships, um, I'm just wondering how that can be done in a way that places the sustainability at the top of the agenda, so that you start rather than having to like yourself and myself, go into the so many years and then go, okay, right, I, I can't keep doing this, I'm going to hit a wall. You know, that we, that you start as you mean to go on as opposed to remedy as you go through. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? It does, it does, yeah. 
And there's the system changes, I think, that feed into that as well. Like if you had the administrative support, for example, those challenges would be lessened. So I think there's probably the personal development that would be fantastic in the early stages and also the The structure. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that and I think it's there's a bit of work to be done there. I think so. In the sense that I think when you're a newly appointed principal, there's a kind of maybe an unspoken pressure or maybe not to know everything or yeah. feel you need to know everything mm-hmm. yeah. and suddenly you're in this position and there's really good support through the through NAPD and there's really good through through, through the management bodies uh, and very often that support is very valuable in terms of the functional sides of the job and how, mm-hmm. how to mm-hmm. how to do it's yeah. excellent and where it's really valuable and I know what is happening, and it's something that needs to be strengthened. Is the sort of the, the emotional side of it, yeah. and recognizing for school leaders to recognize maybe their own triggers, yeah. and to acknowledge that, and to see that as a strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that takes confidence. Yeah, that takes it does. time and deep reflection. And deep reflection and a level of self awareness. Yeah, and to be fair to school leaders in your first in your first years, there's so much pressure on you to manage uh, outcomes in terms of the, the 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 curriculum, the mandated change, mm-hmm. the curricular change that is happening, uh, the HR issues that may be in a school. Um, the plant management, all the things we talk about, that's coming at you. Mm-hmm. And it's coming at you. And it'll keep coming at you. And it takes time for the school leader to get that fit right. Unless you're exceptional, really. Unless yeah. you're exceptionally yeah. high levels of self-awareness and self-regulation. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a big ask. Um, and it's something that's... Um, Great work being done by 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 CSL and NAPD and yeah. IPN. There's really yeah, good yeah. work being done yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I think when you're there, and when you're in the swampy lowlands, there's a sense that that's all very well. But yeah. I need to get this done by tomorrow, and I have that parent who I need to get back to, and I have that staff yeah. member I mm-hmm. need to. So it's yeah. it's a press. Yeah, it is, and it's, it's trying to manage that press of the yeah, demands yeah. of the job, and recognizing. The boundaries that need to be around it as well. Yeah, I think there's a possibility for opening those conversations and that the idea that this is a journey and like everyone is going to move along their own pace. Yeah. But it it could be something of just opening that space and starting to develop all those skills that are so much easier said than done of the things like the self awareness and the reflection and things as well. So maybe it 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 could be. A slower movement in that direction, but I, I can see the benefit. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can see the benefit in opening up the conversation. And again, what I would say there, like, you know, in, in terms of maybe advice you might give to newly appointed school leaders and principals and deputy principals, the importance of reaching out mm. and the importance of becoming a network yeah. and staying connected yeah. with colleagues who are in similar jobs mm-hmm. like i know there's you know there's a very very good mentoring mentoring going on yeah. where somebody will you know work with you and talk you through things and like i would say when i became a deputy principal first in 2008 um mary Keane, 
who had been the deputy principal in the school here and became a principal in another school, um, told me <laughs> to get involved in an APD, go to mm. go to an APD meetings, and it was that sense of that network. Yeah, they were your, they were like your colleagues, they were like your staff. Yeah, that mm-hmm. you could go and meet, and before the meeting started at all, it was having that cup of coffee. Of course, yeah. and suddenly you kind of you would leave those meetings saying, "I'm not the only one who's dealing yeah. with this." Oh yeah, yeah the know? sense of community, and yeah. not to minimise that. So it's it's like having that awareness of the importance of reaching out and staying connected. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah, it's it's critical, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by the work of Edith Eager. I really, really, she has been a kind of a lifeline for me at times when I've and she she talks a lot about the prisons that we make in our own minds, and and they really are constructs. And actually, when you stop like attaching yourself to them, you get quite liberated and free. And and the one that I the reason I'm saying this to you is. Because the one about when you start, you need to know everything. You need to be in control of everything. You need to be on top of it. You need to be seen to be on top of it. And you need to know that school. You need to know, you know. And we had a, a leader who, uh, a school leader at s- several years ago, who didn't come from our area at all. He was a psychologist and, and had, you know, really hadn't an education background at all, leading a teacher education school. And we, we every time we meet now, we say, I think that was a strength. Okay. Yeah. Because... It meant that he had to, that we had to step up, and he had to lean on the the collective wisdom of the people that were leading their particular areas, and so he became the facilitator and the capacity builder of the others because he was like, "I'm a psychologist. I can give you this from from, you know, the IPA perspective, but I can't do it from school perspective. But you know more than I do." That's brilliant, and and actually, that's the point where you, on your journey as a school leader. You do get there. Yeah, you do. You do. It takes a bit of time. Like, I, I, I guess, you know, having been in that position for a while now, if I was starting again, uh, I think I'd ask more questions. Yeah. And it's, 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 there's a, and I would do it a lot. Like, I, I, I if you remember earlier on, I used the phrase, the expert down the hall. Well, that's not a patronising, that's very real. So even yesterday here, we had an SEN team meeting. We have our meetings. Are, we have different teams in the school. And at the SEN team meeting, they were talking about the role of the Senko in the school. And it's huge. Mm. Massive. It's massive. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, there was, this, there was questions being, you know, there was points being made. And you asked the question, what one thing would make that role just slightly bit easier? And think about it, that person is living that job every single day of the week, so they know it inside out, yeah. their colleagues yeah. know inside out, yeah. they're coming very often with, with some of the solutions or some of the answers. So that idea of not feeling that you have to know everything, while at the same time getting it, yeah. it's not an upstanding responsibility. Yeah, 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 it is getting it. You know, but it's a sense of asking more questions. Yeah. yeah. A really great book recently, it's Ryan Turbert's brother, and it's called Just One More Question. He's a neurologist, I think. One of my daughters who works in, works in hospitals, I said, you know what? It's, isn't it a very important part of diagnosis? Keep asking the right questions. Yeah. Keep asking yeah. questions. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can bring that into education as well. You know, what one yeah. thing would help? Is there, anything that, is there anything, what can I do to help? What can you do to help? Yeah. Keep asking the questions. Yeah. And it's through that conversation then, it's like, say, for example, someone might have total curveball and as a younger principal or a younger school leader I would kind of maybe felt a small bit threatened by that yeah they're taking me on here publicly mm. breathe breathe 
I said, that's a very interesting point. Mm. Can we just flesh that out? Can you maybe talk me through that a bit more? Rod, it's landed on your table now, right? I have to deal with that. Oh, just a bit of hot mm. potato here. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Can we talk about this? Can we talk about that bit a bit more? Yeah. Yeah. So it's that sense of, I suppose it's a skill set that you develop as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it mm. is. And not being so definite. Yeah, I be think. very wary of people who are absolute, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. You know, I, you know, it's 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 it's, it's that sense of don't, and, and and encourage that, encourage that. If you if you're working with a team, and it's group think emerging, that's time to really it look is. at things. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think the group think is the is the big challenge. Yeah. You know, I I when I look back on my time and my starting out, I thought I had to solve everything. I thought I had to give the solutions because that's the that's what's said to you. Your, your management, you know, but actually not the solution is not what's being looked for most of the time. But naively, I thought that in the very first weeks. And so when somebody come in with a massive curveball, you know, size of the century, I'd be like, in two minutes flat, I'd have the solution. But I learned very quickly when I was giving the solution, I was frustrating people because they were, I need time to talk about this and arrive at the solution yeah. myself. Thanks very much. And it's usually the same solution. Yeah. They just needed time to get yeah. there and I'd cut off the space to do it. And I think, Trish, that's a really important learning point there as Messy. well. It's huge because, you see, very often, again, people who are in positions of deputy principal and principal, very, very able people, and maybe they might be there because they're fixers and they fix mm-hmm. things and they get mm-hmm. things right and they were mm-hmm. seen to get things done. Whereas those are in a different position. Mm-hmm. So stand back. You're not the fixer. That's it. Because if you become the fixer, you become what you are rather than what you might be. And what happens here then is people will come to you with an expectation that you're going to fix it. Yeah. And you're actually elevating pressure and expectations you on yourself. You? Yeah. So there's a sense here. It might be a small bit frustrating for people initially, but people know now that I'm the kind of person who will, okay, let's talk this through. Yeah. Well, sometimes you need a straight answer. Come on, yeah, I need, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. that's all very well, but what's happening to the third years ahead now tomorrow? What's the story with? Yeah. And that's fair enough. That's, that's yeah, different. Yeah. That's functional. Yeah. Right? But if I think if it's more to do with maybe, you know, um, teaching and learning. Yeah, ways of working. Ways of working. Creating a culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the culture in our school? We work together and we discuss things and we work things out. Yeah. It isn't the case of the principal mm-hmm. says that we must. That's a sure way of saying it's not mm. going to work anyway. Yeah, absolutely, you know? definitely. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it's that kind of thing of, okay, well, so what's your sense of it? And it's acknowledging. And you know, sometimes actually, you actually generate a crisis yourself. So we have an issue around punctuality in the school. We have an issue around attendance in the school. We have an issue around literacy in the school. Yeah. So there's, a, there's an awareness around that and generating that around that. What can we do about it? Yeah. yeah. And what can we do together about it? And if you become the person was going to fix it, you're creating a culture where it becomes upward and it's okay. They'll sort that out. Whereas really, coming back to one of my original points, mm-hmm. we're an inclusive school. Yeah. There's there's responsibilities around that where we work together. Yeah. And it's not a case of, well, in our school, that we sort by. Yeah. Or that's mm-hmm. X's job. And I totally appreciate it. It's as simple and it's as complex as oh, that. Oh, it is. I know that. But yeah. it's just, I suppose, you know, when you talk about school leaders maybe new school leaders it's a sense of not feeling that you have to know everything while knowing everything yeah. you know what yeah. I mean yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but having the courage to say right let's work this through yeah 
And if we're if we are serious about distributing leadership, like leadership becoming a distributive practice, if we're serious about that, we cannot be fixers. The, the, those two things are completely Counter. opposite ends of the continuum. So that's the piece as well that we need to to think a lot more about. Yeah. And that's where it becomes real because this debut of leadership can be a bit nebulous. You yeah, know? it can. And there's a sense good, bad. It's not binary. You know, there's a sense of okay. At times, there are times. Like, say, for example, and I remember being, you know, that principal with Kay, deputy principal, during COVID. Mm-hmm. And we had to have a different kind of adaptive kind of leadership, where with respect, you couldn't really discuss things and talk, no, no, what's was, the best thing here? Yeah, no. Because you, you were being to told, be these are, yeah. just, and that's what people needed. Yeah. And that's, that's what we yeah. looked for. Yeah. You know, it's the old phrase, if you're going to lead, lead. Yeah. So these are the regulations in relation to face masks. Yeah. These are the relations... You know, health trumps everything, yeah. you know, in relation to yeah, these. Yeah. So you need a decisive leadership, action-orientated leadership. Absolutely. So it wasn't a case of, will we go to the troops and we'll talk about, let's... let's Let, dis- will let's, we wear a mask? Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, so that adaptive kind of leadership where you had to sort of open the drawer and suddenly look at totally different kind of repertoire mm-hmm. to deal with yeah. a very different, a very different challenge. Yeah, yeah. because that, I'm, I'm always talking about leading differentially. It's not all, even with the different people or the different contexts you're in or the different situations that come. Sometimes you need to be clearly decisive. Sometimes you need to be bringing people to the to the solutions themselves. It, it requires a whole range and it's not the same every day. And I think COVID threw that up for us because COVID, COVID did require much more decisive and and more invested in the principle making decisions to keep everybody safe in that space. Unfortunately, it pulled the orientation a bit off center, yeah. and now we're rebalancing back into what we would want. But that's external forces that yeah. pull you on a stormy sea, and you have yeah. to be able to respond. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we had to navigate that ship at that time to yeah. you know to use that image, you yeah. know, and that that was the expectation around you, you know, clarity and okay, this is what we need to do now. So it was a more, it was very it's more managerial, action orientated type of leadership because that was, was that was what was demanded. Mm-hmm. At that time, yeah, you know, to create that sense of safety, yeah, that you know, um, that your school leaders were being advised and you were following the best practice as we understood it at the time, yeah, and the um, staff felt safe in knowing that though that type of alert and being present and decisive was happening, so it kept them safe. That was the piece that yeah. needed to, yeah. and so, sometimes you had to make decisions for people that were almost. That that they didn't want, but you had to say, "Look, I'm sorry, but, the, but the, this is for your health and for what you're contending with. I'm advising this, and this is what we're going to do." Absolutely. So they, that was the kind of leadership that was required at, at that, that time. time. Yeah. yeah, it's also context specific. It is, that, isn't it? Yeah. That's if there was clear cut answers, we we would have gotten we wouldn't have gotten past episode one, I think, of yeah. uh, the leadership unwrapped podcast. We'd have bottled it, sold it, made a fortune, and I'd be living in Mauritius right now if that was the case. Send us a postcard. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, we could talk forever, but we can't. We, but maybe we might come back if you might be. Sometimes we say that because we really have lots more to discuss. And I think with you, we do. So I'm kind of saying, can we come back? <laughs> We'd like to do that. It's been great having you here this morning and you're always welcome in Mayfield community. It's been great. So we might ask you. you, before we finish up, a leader who inspires you. Mm-hmm. Good question. Um... I could you you could mention you know people who are well known and mm. leaders in sport and leaders in politics and leaders in education and different things. 
I, I think the people the people who inspired me were people who I knew. Okay. The people who inspired me, it's a kind of an amalgam of teachers I worked with in Aknahini, mm-hmm. um, colleagues I worked with in the second level support service, teachers I worked with here in Mayfield Community School. They're the people who nurture me and inspire me and give us strength. And I kind of think about, when I think about what is it that makes them so inspirational, like say, for example, the teachers in our own school and working in our context do absolutely heroic work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what is it about that? They're very clear about what matters to them. So I look at people who are people who have had an influence on me as school leaders. I could very when I was in a room with them, when I was in a place with them, I could un, I got their moral imperative. I got their sense of these are their core values. Mm. This mm-hmm. is what defines them. And particularly maybe in moments where they were being challenged or questioned, they were clear about what matters and what mattered to them. And very often their core values were it was I think of education because that's the area I've grown up in. It was very often coming back to what's 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 going to bring us and what's going to help us in terms of teaching and learning. So when I think about leaders who inspired me, they had a strong sense of moral imperative. When I think about people who have inspired me, I've seen people who are very comfortable in leading and learning. Mm-hmm. Very comfortable and in, in recognising that. So they could be part of a group and they could be very active as leaders or they could be very active as participants in other kinds yeah. of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's huge learning in that. Okay. A time to speak and a time to be silent. A time to a time to be seen tall. A time to be, you know, decisive and a time to be reflective. Mm-hmm. And really, I think very skilled. Uh, I've seen that in in right across education. Very skilled people practice that. I've also seen leaders who I've been very much inspired by people who were very much, and it's kind of using the Michael Fulton phrase, people who would be very much, who would feed and be fed by the system. So there was a sense that they were very generous with their insights. They weren't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know the kid who puts their hand around, you know, yeah, yeah. their, their copy. They, they, they were very <laughs> generous, generous in acknowledging other people and they were very generous in sharing their learning. And they also asked questions. So they were fed by colleagues in yeah, similar circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So I would find those kinds of people very, 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 very uh, inspirational. And I suppose my fine thing when I think about those teachers in Nahini, and when I think about those colleagues in the SLSS, and when I think about our teachers in Mayfield, there's a strong sense that, um, that you're essential and yet you're dispensable. So there's a strong sense that what you're doing now is really, really important and significant for the people that you're with and the students that you are working. And the place will continue to thrive when you're no longer here. Yeah. yeah. The idea of the principal's office. Yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There you yeah. go. So they're the sort of when you ask about a leader, they're sort That's of the kind of amalgam profound. of characteristics. Yeah, they're big. Yeah. That's quite big. Yeah. yeah. The next thing, uh, I know you kind of touched on it, Kieran, but it was something that you would do differently along your journey. And I know you said you'd ask more questions. 
Sure. Um, I would say, as I say, I've been very fortunate to meet very talented people and very, very um, inspiring people, really. I'd slow down. Okay. Probably slow down. Um, I was the teacher who was always really interested in being the coordinator, maybe being in the deputy principal, maybe the principal. Not in an ambitious way, but in the sense of giving, in a sense of, in a sense of um, giving back to the people I was working with. Like, when I became president of NAPD, one of the things I would have said to Clyde Byrne, and I would have said it publicly in, in a few words, I would have said is, this is my way of saying thank you. This is my way of yeah. being president of saying yeah, thank you to the, associ- to the association. And when I look at back your my 20-year-old, 30-year-old teacher... It's kind of sense of maybe just slow down and observe and be aware of mm-hmm. what's happening. Like if I was working with an association like the Second Level Support Service again, I think going in and out of schools, I would have been more aware of maybe the physical landscape yeah. or the the, 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 the the climate in the school. Mm-hmm. If the guy's back there again, I might have more awareness around that mm-hmm. and bring that to my mm-hmm. 50 plus year old self and say yeah this can add to what I'm doing currently mm-hmm. that's kind of making sense yeah absolutely yeah. Um, I think it's very important I hear a lot of um, I hear a lot of scaffolded reflection in the way that you talk I mean I've heard Donald Schoen come out I've heard Lewin I've heard Michael Fullen all, all my favourites but there's certainly your conversation is peppered with that you have spent time I think mm-hmm. reflecting and reading to understand all of those yeah. so I'm not surprised you say that in that way because there's um interested in developing knowledge almost like underpinning to the way that you speak about your work thank you oh, i think yeah. that's quite that's impressive yeah. yeah i appreciate saying that um i think the great i think great strength in reading um and reflecting is it gives you a chance to articulate and describe your practice mm. um and it gives you a sense of awareness around that 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 can actually hopefully strengthen and deepen what you do. Yeah. So while it might appear to be casual, it's a sort of a, it's it's an awareness. So I would very deliberately say, for example, at meetings, try and recognise this is the point now to be to lead and this is the point now to be led. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trying to, or endeavouring to pick that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find it really interesting. Don't have to be all, you know, giving a lecture about sure. this, but peppering yeah. it in that just brings people yeah. along with yeah. you. Yeah, in a way that's natural. In a way yeah, I love that's, it. that's you yeah. know, it's not kind of weighing or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, it's really enjoy important. reading Trish, but it's 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 action oriented. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's what we mm-hmm. do every day, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 What advice would you give to a new principal starting out? I think having an awareness and an appreciation of what has gone before you mm-hmm. and a respect for that. Um, be that leader who worked to your strengths, uh, but don't be that leader who gives out about the previous administration. Mm. Respect where mm-hmm. people are at and where mm-hmm. they're coming from mm-hmm. because they might have had a particular context and work with where you're at. Respect that tradition. People have believed in you. 
So believe that you can bring the school to the next point, mm -hmm. to the next stage in its journey. Uh, you have presented yourself and well done. And I don't mean that patronising, yeah, well done, yeah. thank you. You present yourself for interview. You've went through a competency-based interview. People believe in you. People believe that you are the person. Yeah. Uh, have confidence. Have confidence in your skills. Have confidence in your knowledge and your experience. Mm. Believe in that. And do believe in that. Um, do believe as well that you have an opportunity to make a difference in incremental ways. Yeah. In little ways, you know. Um, and I'd say, finally, uh, see it as a great opportunity for personal growth, mm. for professional growth. Um, embrace it and see it as an opportunity to witness and to nurture uh, the personal, professional growth of colleagues as well. Mm. And it's huge satisfaction in yeah. that. There's great satisfaction mm. in that. Mm. We have a grad of awards night coming up in May. Um, and we have a team of people working on it. And in a way, I'm absolutely thrilled that that's happening because once upon a time, I would have felt that I and maybe a few other people would have to do all the running of that. Mm. Whereas when you can get a sense of agreement and buy-in from colleagues that this is something that's important for us that's a really good place to be yeah. as as a school leader and that will happen and it can happen with with time mm. and with a sense of you know belief and confidence that you're here and you're in this position because people believe in you yeah mm. i think that's huge and people trust you yeah to do a really good job yeah and if it happens that things aren't going great or can happen, absolutely. It's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Connect and talk to something. Yeah. There's a great network out there yeah. of good people. So we started this conversation with you, with me saying every time I talk to you, I'm going away with my head full and lots to take away, but also energized with a love for, for, for what we do, our profession, which is teaching and for leadership. Uh, I'm having the same. Well, there's several times I've written things down or I'm just and I know they're going to stay with me. I think um, in every moment that I meet you, I see a leader who really cares about others that have, like you said, God before and the people that you're working with now have a sense you're going to leave a fantastic legacy mm -hmm. through your leadership, both at national level and in this wonderful school, which we're really enjoying being in. So um, all I can say is just with from the bottom of my heart a thank you for giving us your time today it means a lot to us thank you very much really delighted both of yeah. you are here and it's been an absolute time flew it flew know, it yeah. goes really fast absolutely yeah, yeah. When, when you're interested you're, no you're very <laughs> you're very easy to talk to and I really appreciate your time and thank you so amazing. much amazing it's been a pleasure really absolute pleasure thank you thank you very much <laughs>